Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. And welcome to your Monday. Here we are, WABC Talk Radio 77. If you'd like to be part of the program today, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-922. And we have so much news. Obviously, there is international news. There is news. There is so many news stories specific to New York, the New York area. And it's almost a, a struggle to figure out where to start. The United States, of course, according to Joe Biden, will defend Taiwan if China decides to invade Taiwan. That is a very strong expression an expression that many presidents have never, ever chosen to say out loud, rather just keep it vague, while acknowledging that we recognize, the United States recognizes the one China policy, which basically says China can take anything they want to, because it's just one China and Taiwan is part of China. At the same time, we said, yep, if we, we have a commitment to uh, defend China, def- defend Taiwan if China decides to move on them. This is going to be interesting if China decides that Joe Biden is bluffing now and that we would not do it and they want to test him already. While Biden was in Asia, they the Chinese have started in the military drills that they always do, show, show a force and all of that. And of course, with things going on in Ukraine, this has been a worry all along. That China would see our relationship with Taiwan as something that they could exploit, while all of these other things with Russia and... Ukraine are going on. There was an interesting development. The Russian diplomat to the UN quit and just basically blamed his country of an aggressive war in the Ukraine. Now, you rarely see that kind of thing. My first thought was, I wonder how long this particular diplomat is going to be among the land of the living. Because there is a history under Vladimir Putin, where dissidents that embarrass the government are, how shall we say, arcincited. The average U.S. gasoline price, another jump, 33 cents. 
the average price, $4.71 per gallon. There are higher prices. And in some cases, the price of gas went up $0.15 a gallon in just one day. Joe Biden's America. Over the weekend, our very own Mayor Eric Adams let it be known that he has his eyes on the presidency. He wants to be president of the United States. Eric says, Mr. Adams says that he has, he thinks he has a platform to run to be president in 2024 if Joe Biden says, or for some reason, Joe Biden does not run. I find this puzzling. I find it very puzzling that Mayor Adams thinks that with just less than a year on the job of New York and a track record of failure so far in New York, that he's, well, I guess if you look at the Biden White House and see the failure that they're doing, why not figure that you can be just a bigger failure as them? That's, I guess that's the way to look at it. Now, two days after, excuse me, after Mr. Adams, Mayor Adams, says that he's open to becoming president in 2024, two days after that, we had another killing in New York subway system. So there's a random killing. Brooklyn man riding the Q train across Manhattan Bridge who worked for Goldman Sachs on his way to brunch, randomly killed. Mayor Adams, of course, this was high profile, quick to jump out with that one, declared that it's his responsibility to keep New Yorkers safe. Well, Mr. Mayor, I hope you don't do what Mayor Koch did, and that would be to ask New Yorkers, hey, how am I doing? Because they might tell you the truth. Then it's their worst nightmare. I use the subway a lot. I'm in the subway a lot. It's unimaginable. You're sitting down, going to brunch, going to visit a family member. A person walks up to you and shoots you for no reason. Not a dispute, which is horrific to do when there is a dispute. But this is the worst nightmare. It's my responsibility, Mayor Adams says, to keep New Yorkers safe. My heart goes out to the family I am sorry they lost their loved one. We have to continue to make sure that we're not losing our loved ones. I understand their pain. I have to make sure the city is safe, and I want that obligation. And then our illustrious mayor said, I thank God I am the mayor right now and not those who don't understand the urgency of this moment. Really? I think there are a lot of people, Mr. Mayor, who would look at what's going on since you've taken office, and they're not thanking God that you're the mayor. They don't think at all you understand the urgency of this moment, not when you're out fundraising and hanging out with the upper crust of the Democrat Party and Hollywood elite, rather than being in New York City with New Yorkers. I don't think that many New Yorkers think you understand the urgency of the moment when you, Mr. Mayor, 
side up with the owners of of big, expensive sports clubs and decide to give their athletes a pass when it comes to vaccination mandates, but yet you will not give the workers in this city who work through the, the worst of COVID without a vaccine, you won't give them a pass. You continue to insist that they go without jobs, in some cases without unemployment insurance, without benefits. I don't think they, they believe you understand the urgency of this moment. Mr. Mayor, I don't think they're thanking God that you're mayor, Mr. Ego. I don't think that many of the residents of our city who have suffered from violence, from these criminals who get out of jail, who go in the court, and then they're turned over to, law, to, to, our, to our judicial system and are promptly released again because of you progressives you progressive Democrats, and your ridiculous bail reforms. I don't think those people who've suffered that fate are thanking God that you're mayor. I don't think they believe you understand the urgency of the moment. I don't think at all. People who look around New York City and still see vacant storefronts, vacant office spaces, vacancies while while people that are looking to rent apartments are paying ever higher prices and and are being squeezed out of the market i don't think any of them are glad that you are that you are thanking god that you are the mayor you don't understand the urgency of their lives at all i don't think any of the people that continue to ask why new york why new york city has so many failing schools and are continuing down that road every single year. And that's not even come that doesn't even come up on your radar. I don't think they're looking and saying, Oh, thank God Eric Adams is mayor at this moment. He understands the urgency. I don't think that women searching for baby food on New York City and and, and, and being met with empty shelves all around the city are thanking God that you're mayor that you understand the urgency of their moment, Mr. Mayor. I don't think, not for one minute, not for one minute, that most New Yorkers, even those who voted for you, think you understand a damn thing about their lives. You like to run to the Met and show off how glitzy, I know, I have critics that say, oh, you talk about the way that the mayor dresses. Well, I'm sorry. He shows up in these clown suits at a Met gatherer with this message about gun violence. Meanwhile, we see gun violence in action on New York City subways. Undeterred by his fancy little rhinestone cowboy gun control suit that he wears to the Met. They don't understand. These people who have to take their lives in their hand when they go down into a New York City subway to try to go to work or a simple thing to try to go to lunch or brunch. The reason that this latest victim was on the subways was because Ubers were surging at the time that he left. And he said, okay, the Ubers are surging in price, so you know what, I'm going to go just take the subway, quick trip. And now he's dead. And there is a suspect, the suspect... Well, a person, at least they're saying that they want to talk to, 
Police have identified Andrew Abdullah, who has 19 prior arrests. Isn't that a surprise? Another criminal with a with longer arrest records than most people have a school record. 19 prior arrests. This is the man that police are looking for right now to talk to in connection with the cold-blooded killing that took place on the Q train. His family, by the way, the family, this is according to the Daily Mail, the family of Daniel Enriquez, the 48-year-old who was murdered simply on his way to brunch. Is urging New York City to I'm urging Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City to just do your job. It sounds to me like the family isn't thanking God that you are the mayor at this time, Mr. Adams. The family here doesn't think that you understand the urgency of this moment. I tell you, this guy is turning out to be one of the biggest narcissists in political life, in political history. Thank God I'm the mayor. I thank God I'm the mayor right now. And not those who don't understand the urgency of this moment. He dare say this. After yet another killing. After yet another senseless murder. Meanwhile, the 15-year-old suspect in the shooting death of an 11-year-old girl in New York while on a scooter has pled guilty today during his arraignment. 15-year-old Matthew Godwin entered not guilty pleas at Bronx Supreme Court on charges of murder in the second degree, manslaughter in the first degree, and criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree following the killing of 11-year-old Kyra Tay last week. I guess the families of Miss Tay, I dare say, Eric Adams are not thanking God that you're the mayor at this moment either. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. It is Bo Snurley's Rush Hour here on 77 WABC Talk Radio 77. If you want to be part of the program, 800-848-9222. We are coming back right after this. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on 77 WABC. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush, Rush, Rush. One of the greatest musicians, songwriters, composers of our time, Sherry McCartney. On WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York, welcome to your Monday. Again, so much news. So much news. 
Who rigged the census? That's the one coming up. I'm going to hold that for a little while. There is a story talking about stuck inside these four walls. I believe this was in Newsweek or um, or um, NPR. It was in one of the liberal. Oh, it's NPR. Uh, Buffalo, it says, Buffalo, New York, plagued by economic neglect, segregation, long before shooting, residents say. This is a long article. It goes in detail as to the east side of Buffalo where black shoppers were mowed down by an accused racist gunman. The contrast is clear with other areas in, in, in Buffalo. They have people now saying this top store, which is now closed, is like really a big 7-Eleven. Not, not a great place. I don't shop at Tops. It's just one of the worst ones. You're always aware of what parts of town you shouldn't go in. There's a black person. This awareness was there even when you were a child. And the basic end of it is that this neighborhood in Buffalo is segregated. And it is a food desert. The prices at this top supposedly are very high compared to everywhere else. There's not much opportunity. Buffalo, one of the poorest, one of the residents says, most racially segregated and racist cities in America. So when our elected officials want to express their surprise and they're shocked that a mass murderer came into our community, I can't be surprised. And this got me thinking about something. You know, I talk about this a lot, and, and maybe some of you hear me, maybe some of you don't hear me when I say that these blue cities all share a common fate. These blue cities run by Democrats for, you know, Buffalo's been run by Democrats for as long as any, as long as I don't ever remember anything other than Democrats running Buffalo. Sort of like New York. Once in a while, there's a Republican name that pops up. I mean, we had Mayor Giuliani. He's an anomaly. Mayor Lindsay, <laughs> Republican, yeah, sure. Um, but once in a while, there's an anomaly. But for the most part, New York City has been a Democrat-run city for s- over two centuries now. Democrats have run this place. Tammany Hall, crooked, corrupt, the, corru- the corrupt, crooked institutions of government that they built have institutional corruption built into them. People always want to talk about institutional racism. How about institutional corruption? That's what Democrats bring to governance everywhere they go, everywhere they touch, and are allowed to stay in office. Buffalo is no different. Now, this particular neighborhood where this top store is, James has been there. Yes, I have. I had relatives there. I used to walk. This was considered one of the upper elite neighborhoods in Buffalo when I was a kid. The houses were beautiful. I mean, you talk about beautiful houses, beautiful houses. I'm not, I'm not kidding you. Not, not, not what you see even in a typical New York neighborhood. Just big, spacious Beautiful houses on nice lots, and it was this. We used to call it this neighborhood was Cold Springs. That's what we call it, where this shooting took place. This was where you wanted to be if you were a black person in Buffalo, and yet here we are, almost probably forty some odd years since the last time I said it's being described as a ghetto. And then what we're hearing is 
Buffalo is plagued by economically neglect. This is according to NPR. Segregation. Okay, so I have a question about segregation. If it's being played by segregation, and if segregation is the problem, why aren't the other people on the segregation equation complaining? So if segregation itself is the problem, we have just blacks living in this area, or a high percentage of black people. Why does that automatically mean that everything is going to be run to, to, to crap? Are black people incapable of living in a beautiful neighborhood? Are black people in, incapable of having good schools in their neighborhood? Are black people inferior? Do they not have the ability to have decent stores, decent houses in their neighborhood? Is that what we're saying here? It's only when black people can rub off on white folks that they can get somewhere in America? What about the other side of segregation? What are the other people doing? If they're segregated, then what are the other folks? Are the white folks suffering through these same things that live in Buffalo? Are the Asians who live in Buffalo segregated away? Are they living in the same kind of uh, economic squalor? No, why don't we ask these questions? Some of you get mad at me for asking these kind of questions. Why aren't you asking these questions? Because I'm not buying it. I don't buy that because black people live in a certain place, it's automatically doomed to failure, automatically doomed to high crime, automatically doomed to having no, no decent shopping in the neighborhood. Oh, but wait. We won't address the fundamentals of what's wrong in these neighborhoods. No, no, no. We point fingers and we blame everybody else. We blame institutional racism. We blame segregation. What is happening in New York is Buffalo, New York, what happens in many parts of New York City. It's a mindset. It's a mindset of failure that is accepted. It is a, it is a, it is a moral Accept in a, a moral acceptance of immorality. That it's okay to live in high crime neighborhoods. We can't do anything about it. We can't put the criminals away. We can't educate our own children. Then what good are you? You can't look after your own kids. What good are you? This has to stop. Now. You know, I'm upset by this killing. I think it's horrific, just like everyone else does. But over the weekend, you go and you add the death total of black folks killed in every single city in New York. And by the way, do I have to say it? Do we have to say who, what this suspect is that they're looking for now in New York? Do we have to say the race of a suspect killing the 11-year-old girl? Do we have to say the race so many times in these killings and murders? not just in New York City, but all over the country. The problem is not segregation. The problem is that liberals and liberalism have been allowed to flourish in these neighborhoods, these blue cities and blue neighborhoods around America. And they brought with it every kind of despicable, trait in humanity that we could think of, the acceptance of immorality, the acceptance of crime, the acceptance of murder, starting with murder in the womb, 
These Democrats and progressives are a disaster for righteous living. They are a disaster for every city that they are allowed to leech into. And meanwhile, you have this narcissist, Adams, claiming, thank God for him. Thank God that he's the mayor during this time because no one else but him understands the urgency of this, mer- of this moment. While every single week we have to put up with yet more murders and more incivility and more attacks. James Golden, it's Rush Hour here. It's Boston Early's Rush Hour on WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. We're coming back right after this. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Bo Snerdly on 77 WABC. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snerdly. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snerdly. Unchain my heart. The great Ray Charles brings us back on WABC Talk Radio 77. Your calls are coming up. I see people on hold. Just stay there. I'll be with you as soon as I can. I just want to cover a few other stories. Uh, There is an article in BizPack Review today, one of my favorite publications, that in American Wire News. Uh, If Democrats want to play this game, DeSantis Spocks, that spokesperson, answers calls to tax churches over Pelosi Holy Communion ban. Now, here's the the bottom line in all this, if the headline's a little bit confusing. Leftists have gone nuts on social media platforms over the announcement that we covered last week from the archbishop out in San Francisco, Salvador Corleone, who put Nancy Pelosi on notice. She cannot have, not, she's not eligible to take Holy Communion anymore because of her stand on abortion, while well, these leftists have been all over social media demanding, demanding that the church exe- the tax exemptions for churches be taken away. Because obviously, this to them is a big affront. Well, one of the people that answered some of these vicious, in some cases, tweets and other post on social media was the brave and I got to say just really courageous spokesperson for Governor Ron DeSantis and that would be Christina Christina Pusha. She said and her point was if Democrats want to play this game, if they want to say, okay, it's time to end tax exemptions for churches, then it's also time to end tax exemptions for their religion. Wokeism. That means all their social justice nonprofits, the ACLU, the Ford Foundation, all these leftist organizations strip their tax exemptions too. You want to go that route and strip the church? Then strip them too. There's another story about Nancy Pelosi in here today. It was in Fox News. And that was from the Archbishop himself, Salvador Corleone, who was questioned as to whether the timing of this had anything to do with the leak about Roe versus Wade. Gloria Purvis 
who is with um, a magazine, uh, it, it is a religious magazine, interviewed him. It's for the magazine of the Jesuits of the United States. She asked him about it, and he said that the leaked decision, the Dobbs case, really have nothing to do with the timing of it. He noted that Pelosi had spoken with him a couple of times over the years. More recently, he said, her advocacy for codifying the road decision into federal law is becoming more and more extreme and more and more aggressive. And that's why he took the action he took well, 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 well. One of the ladies on The View, Whoopi Goldberg, was really unhappy. She's among the liberals unhappy with this decision, this internal church decision, and this is what she had to say about it. Go. Welcome to the view, y'all. Welcome to the view, y'all. Welcome to the view, y'all. The abortion rights battle is starting to blur the lines between church and state. The Archbishop of San Francisco is calling for Speaker Nancy Pelosi to be denied receiving communion because of her pro-choice stance. He's one of the priests who also called for President Biden to be denied sacrament. This is not your job, dude. (laughs) That is not, you can't, that is not up to you to make that decision. You know, what is the saying? It's kind of amazing. Uh, But, you know, what is the point of communion, right? It's for uh, sinners, it's the, for, the, for sinners. It's the reward of saints, but the bread of sinners. How dare you? How dare you? That is, if Pope Francis says that that's the issue. But... Well, see, now all of a sudden we have, I guess, Sister Whoopi, Sister Act, trying to determine what the archbishop's job is. That's not his job? Well, Really? Since when did Whoopi Goldberg de- become the authority figure on what is the job of an archbishop in the Catholic Church or not? Maybe that movie role, she took that to heart. There is, okay, I know I said phones. Yes, we are going to get to them, but I have to cover some of this stuff. Okay, this concerns New York City kindergarten. Talking about the schools, here we go. Here we go. Officials in New York City are pushing divisive racial theory, transgenderism, LGBTQ plus curriculums on young children, some of them as young as kindergarten. Hannah Grossman, associate editor at Fox Digital, highlighted seven books. This story is AmericanWireNews.com, but Hannah Grossman, associate editor at Fox News Digital, highlighted seven books that support the fears of many parents that their children are being indoctrinated. These are in New York City. Here are the seven books. According, and and I'm going to read the description that Fox News Digital, Hannah Grossman said, or, or she wrote about these. The first book, I Am Not a Girl, A Transgender Story. Remember... Well, this is a first-grade reading recommendation. I am not a girl, a transgender story. This is for first-graders. The book discusses the journey of a transgender child who people identify as a girl longing to be seen as a boy. 
Second book, New York City, Love is Love. Again, this is recommended for first graders. Here's a description of that book. I know lots of gay people. My teacher, Mrs. Adams, is gay. Police chief is gay. Mayor Sanchez is gay. There are even lots more famous gay people, singers and scientists and artists and athletes. My friends think we might have a gay president someday, the book states. This is for first graders. First graders. The next book, When Adrian, When Aiden Became a Brother. This is for your child in the second grade. Here's the recommend, that's the recommendation. The book explores the journey of a young boy named Aiden coming out as a transgender. The book says when Aiden was born, everyone thought he was a girl. His parents gave him a pretty name. But as Aiden got bigger, he hated the sound of his name. He was really another kind of boy. This is what they want your second graders to read. This is what is in the schools for them to read. Next book, Julian is a Mermaid. This has a kindergarten recommendation. Those of you sending your children to kindergarten in New York City, this is what educators here want your kindergartner to be read because they're too young to read. The book is by author Jessica Love. Describes a boy who wants to become what? A mermaid. During the book, the boy repeatedly strips down to his underwear. Later, he puts on lipstick and dons a headdress. He's then given a cost he's then given costume jewelry before being taken to the New York City Mermaid Parade where he can freely express himself. This is what is in the schools for your kindergarten child to be read. Here's another book for kindergarten kids. Our Skin, A First Conversation About Race. Recommendation? The book begins with an explanation of why discussions with young children about race are essential to fight against bias and stereotypes. This is for kindergarten. They don't even know all the colors in the Crayola pack yet. And this is what they're being taught. We are water protectors, kindergarten through fifth grade. That's the recommendation for this one. The book, written by Carol Lindstrom and illustrated by Michaela Goad, was created in response to the protest against the construction of the... the, 1,172-mile-long underground Dakota Access Pipeline. So they're teaching kids already to be opposed to pipelines that bring energy, right? And finally, this book in New York City schools for your young'uns to read. Pride, the story of Harvey Milk and the Rainbow Flag. This is sec- this is this one is suggested for your second graders. The book discusses gay right activist Harvey Milk's fight for equal rights, including his assassination. They don't even know about the assassination of John Kennedy, Abraham Lincoln, any of the other American presidents that have been assassinated, Robert Kennedy. But here they're teaching. <laughs> 
Second grade, the assassination of Harvey Milk. Let us get to the phones very quickly. Remember, right after this show, John Katz comes up, Katz at night. Tell you what, where do we start? Let us start with Patty in New Jersey. Patty, welcome, WABC. This is Bo Snerdley's Rush Hour. How are you? I'm good, Bo. I love your show. Love what you do. Thank you. You know, I love when you talk about Eric Adams and his wardrobe. It reminds me of that movie American Gangster when Denzel Washington says to his brother who walks in the club with that ridiculous pinstripe suit. He says the quote to him, the loudest one in the room is the weakest one in the room. He's trying to draw attention to himself, Bo, because in the heart of hearts of things, he knows he's not doing a good job. How can he? So, you know, he's got to make himself visible on the on the, the national stage because, of course, he's got his mind on, on striking out to bigger and better things. He's not doing the job that he should be doing in his own backyard first, and he's got his brain on to move it on to something else. And he is. He's the loudest one in the room, Bo, because he's the weakest one in the room. And, Thank you, know, you, Patty. I love the call. Love the call. Right on target. Let us go to Middletown, New Jersey, Mike. Welcome, WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. What is on your mind this afternoon, Mike? Hi, James. Love the show. Fantastic as always. Listen, this guy makes Nero look diligent and studious. And the reason why he wants to run for president is very simple. He needs a plane to party in. He doesn't get that as a New York City mayor. That's all he does. He parties. In fact, he parties more than de Blasio, which is saying something. I'm telling you, now de Blasio wants to run for Congress, too. And what is running, not wants to, is running for Congress. And we have, so now we have Eric Adams here openly looking at the White House while New York continues to struggle. And New York has such challenges and this, this culture of death that's, that surrounds our crime problems that he keeps saying he understands, but he's doing really very little to fix. Mike, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdley. We have more of your calls coming up. We have more news coming up. I'm not going to be able to get to everything today, but we're going to do our best. It is Rush Hour. Bo Snerdley's Rush Hour here on WABC. Don't go away. Rush. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley. Bo Snerdley. On 77 WABC. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Uno. He's your numero uno. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush, Rush, Rush. Uh, you know who that is. That's Abba bringing us back on WABC, their biggest hit, Dancing Queen. On WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. Catch a night comes up next. Dancing Queen brings us back. Okay, there's another story here as we, before we leave this business of uh, books and so forth, State Farm, the insurance company, is being accused 
of pushing LGBTQ books on kids, Consumer Research says they've launched a campaign against State Farm that says, like a creepy neighbor, State Farm is there. There, Here's what happened. They have an agent, I guess, or an executive that had, there's an internal memo, email that leaked, which is saying that what State Farm wants to do is increase the knowledge and understanding of issues, policies, products, services of concern to consumers to promote the freedom to act on that knowledge and understanding sent by the State Farm Responsibility Analyst Jose Soto. It urges their Florida agent to take action and provide <clears throat> several LGBTQ books to children. So it says the State Farm is partnering with the Gender Cool Project to help diversify the classroom, community center, and library bookshelves with a collection of books to help bring clarity and understanding to the national conversation about being transgender, inclusive, and non-binary, blah, blah, blah. And then they go through what the books are, and some of these books, just like the ones in New York City, they are out to target five-year-olds and kindergartners about areas of sexual identity. The Consumer Research uh, uh, put out an ad, 30-second ad, titled Like a Creepy Neighbor, and they asked what good neighbor would target five-year-olds for conversations about sexual identity. We'll see whether that goes anywhere or not. That's something else that's out there. There is... Another article, there are two or three articles, in fact, one is in AmericanWireNews.com. Here's the headline, with Durham exposing Hillary's role in the Russia hoax, Mueller's two-year, $32 million probe draws added scrutiny. Fox has a story on that as well. And uh, the story in AmericanWireNews.com is really a good one. You can look it up if you want to. But I'll just get to it by looking at the Fox coverage of this, too. On the five, uh, one of the co-hosts there, Emily Campango, had, I, I read this, and I said, this is absolutely right. This is from her reporting on this. What she says is they use 19 special prosecutors, more than 40 FBI agents. We, meaning the taxpayers, Footed that entire bill. They produced three separate reports that basically said, well, we can't prove a connection between Trump and Russia, but we can't disprove it. All it would have to take, all it would have taken is five minutes spent in a room with this guy who could have said, yes, actually, it was greenlit by Hillary Clinton. Actually, yes, there was not one modicum of truth to this. Instead... This really important person is the one who approved and spearheaded it being leaked into the media. She's talking about Robbie Mook. And listen, she says, if I was one of the attorneys on Mueller's team, I would not only be extremely embarrassed right now, but I would have a lot of questions because either they didn't know and didn't make it into the report or they didn't know. And either of those answers, absolutely unacceptable. This is so correct. I remember listening to Rush just break down what was going on with this Mueller investigation. He called it a hoax from day one. And the Mueller investigation was a hoax itself. 
That was the hoax. Not Trump-Russia. The hoax, this whole thing is a political effort to remove a president. It has been exposed. Heading back to the phones. Frank in Long Island. Thank you for waiting. You're on Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. How are you? Hey, good afternoon, Bo. Good to uh, talk to you again. I wanted to uh, go back on this uh, baby formula stuff. But before we go there, I'd like to say that uh, I feel bad for the uh, the two childs that were lost for the parents. One of the worst things you can experience. But going, going back to the baby uh, uh, formula stuff, right? Now, as we know, with all the previous things that have gone on, right, that uh, sometimes it takes hundreds or thousands of incidents to occur before uh, they step in and they seize the product, they test it, whatever they do, okay? So I'm thinking of the old statement, let's not let a crisis go to waste here. All right. They would know in a short time frame, a couple of weeks perhaps, if that formula contributed to the death of those children. And they seized it all, but where did it go? It was cleared up that it is, it's in the clear, there's no contaminants in it that, that would contribute to a death. So I think that uh, perhaps all this formula that was yanked from stores, from warehouses, even from the factory over there, where do you think it is now? I would be willing to bet that's what got down to the border. I have no idea. And, and Frank, I don't think, thank you for the call. I, I do appreciate it. I don't think we can know where it is now, to be to- <clears throat> totally frank with you. And as you know, I don't put on my tinfoil hat very often because I just, I've just, over the years, just, it, it's not rewarding. Too many things happen that are later disproven by factual information. So I don't even try to go there in some cases. I don't know where that formula is. It would be interesting to follow your question to its conclusion and find out what happened to that formula, whether it was destroyed or not. Most of the time, when products are recalled, they are, to my knowledge, destroyed. But we do know this. While Amer- Here's what we do know factually, Frank. We do know that you are correct. It was two deaths that caused the Abbott Lab to be closed. Two deaths in children. And is that too many deaths? Yes. But it was not tens of thousands. It was not even ten. It was two. And we know now that there is baby formula being stockpiled at the border of the United States in facilities that house or are expected to house a crush of illegal immigrants coming through while Americans cannot find baby formula on their shelf. Some is being shipped in now from Europe. Those first shipments arrived, and even then, after they arrived into the United States, I think they said it was, uh, and forgive me if the number is wrong, I believe it was 72,000 pounds of it or tons of it. I don't have the the, the figure in front of me. But even then, there were questions as to where that baby food is going. We do know that this crisis is completely in the hands of the Biden administration, and once again, this Biden administration is, has failed America. Leonardo, Essex County, New Jersey. Welcome. You're on with James Golden. It's Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. What's on your mind? Oh, two things. Crooked Hillary. Lock her up. But as far as uh, Archbishop Whoopi Goldberg, I think she should swap outfits with Eric Adams, and she could wear his rhinestone pimp outfit, and he could dress as an archbishop so he could get even more attention. (laughs) Leonardo... You make it swift and right to the point. Thank you for your call. Let's go to Sleepy Hollow, New York. 
And let us talk with Marianne for a moment. Marianne, welcome. You're on Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. Hello, Marianne. I can't even believe it. Hi. Um, so I, w- I wanted to say that um, I'm a nurse. Um, I worked the whole COVID, you know, ep- pandemic um, without a vaccine. Um, when the vaccines became available, um, I was very conflicted because I knew that the vaccines were um, tested on fetal tissue. Um, and I am a Catholic, so I am anti-abortion. Um, and I, I had a real problem with taking the vaccine. But in order to keep my job, um, I had to take the vaccine. Um, otherwise, I couldn't continue to um, perform in, in my chosen career. Um, and, and I tell you, as a Catholic, that I had to go to confession. I had to confess that I performed a near occasion of sin by taking a vaccine that had, been, um, that had been tested on fetal tissue. So kudos okay, to the <clears throat> person in San Francisco who said that Pelosi cannot take communion. The Archbishop. Yeah, Marianne, I have to stop you there because we're simply running out of time. Let me just say two things. Your confession might have been for naught. There have been various, because this came up early on with people citing religious exemptions to take the vaccine, that it was cited that they were tested on fetal tissue, and there was pushback from the vaccine makers. Now, I'm not defending them. I don't know what the fact is. All I know is that there was pushback that said, no, that isn't the case. I don't know whether it was or it wasn't. But I do know that when that issue was raised, some of the vaccine makers pushed back on it and said, no, we did not test this on embryonic uh, stems. We we didn't use any embryos in this or did we did not use fetal tissue. So again, I haven't researched it thoroughly enough to with 100% certainty say where the truth lies, but some of the vaccine companies uh, have at least pushed back against that. We have so many people that wanted to weigh in on the topics we raised today. We're here tomorrow at 4 o'clock. We'll do it then. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. Remember, John Katz is up next. Katz at night. Keep it here. Get that WABC app. Keep it with you all day, all night. I will be back tomorrow for Bo Snurley's Rush Hour at 4 o'clock. Hope you're here. See you then. Bye. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt. Causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.